Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LBJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside uh, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Um, always uh, excited to be here every Tuesday morning with my good friend and, and partner in crime, if you will. Uh, so it's always exciting. We always have a good time. And uh, Cindy, we've got a great show. <clears throat> Excuse me, we've got a great show this morning. We're going to start uh, here off in just a moment with another uh, interesting topic uh, on the No BS Zone. Uh, this week, it's going to be women's influence in golf. I got some interesting statistics to, to bat out. And then a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be speaking with a leading messaging expert and business strategist, Tara Nelson, will be joining us on the second half. But let me remind everybody. Uh, that Women of Golf is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Uh, iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top PGA and LPGA teacher professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So subscribe today at golftipsmag.com. Um, you know, it's always interesting when you come across things. I, I came across a really good report, and this is where I got, Cindy, this morning's um, topic for the NOBS Zone, Women's Influence in Golf. And so I just jotted down a few things that we can, we can talk about. And um, one of the things is, is women and the game of golf um, that I want to start off with. And the reason why I chose um, this specific topic um, was there was some very interesting when I was reading this uh, booklet there were some very interesting stats and very interesting things that, that came out and one thing I didn't realize that in golf in general here in the United States there's roughly about 90 million people who are actually interested in playing golf now I know there's somewhere and again it depends on when you you pull your stats that there are roughly 24 25-ish million that actually play golf. Um, but I didn't realize that the numbers were that high as those that were interested. But was what was equally interesting, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but 42% of that 90 million are women. Now, I did not know that. I didn't realize it was that high that are interested in just wow. playing the game. That doesn't mean that – yeah. I mean, that, so it, it – and, and that was this is a little bit older report. It's a few years back, so it, it may have changed here and there. But basically, um, you know that that stat is going to be relatively accurate. So what that says to me, um, and perhaps to you as well, is we're almost pushing the fifty percent threshold of 
interest in the game by women. And that's a wow. big number. That that's a, a big very number. big number. And really what it says to me is that as an industry, we have to take particular notice to that. And we're going to talk about some of these things here in just a minute. But it tells to me that we need to really narrow um, our focus in everything from marketing, um, how we're going to target our golfing community, because it's not just the men anymore, it's the women. And, you know, there's always been women playing. Obviously, we know the, uh, the founders of the LPGA on a professional level, and we know more and more women are getting into the game. But I don't know as a whole whether a lot of people in the golf industry realize that there's that many women that are truly interested in playing the game, would love to take it up. So that changes, I think, in my perspective, how we approach our marketing and how we, we factor in, okay, how do we reach out to that 42% and bring more of them in? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know you teach a lot of women, and, and I've taught a lot of corporate women in that over the years as well, but um, I think we could probably do more. But what do you think when you hear a number like that? What does that say to you as a, a professional that that many people that are interested overall in golf happen to be women? Um, I think it's great. I, I think that's the biggest majority of people who don't play. I mm -hmm. think most men, most men don't care if they look bad. So they right. might hit, you know, balls once or twice and go play in a scramble, you know, mm -hmm. or a charity golf event or a corporate event. But most women would never do that because they don't want to look bad. So I think yep. that the, you know, the women would be more fearful of just going out to play without having any instruction. So I think it's major opportunity for all of us, you know, that are in the business to help women learn how to play. Um, but I'm not surprised. Are you? No, I'm not surprised at all. And, you know, I, I, I think, uh, again, you hit it right on the head. I think for, for men, we're a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more loose about it. I, again, because, I mean, I hate to say this, we don't really care. Um, I mean, <laughs> all you have to do is go out in public sometimes and see how some men dress and how they take care of themselves. And you can pretty much tell that they're not, they're either not married or, um, you know, they've just decided that they've given up on themselves. So, you know, women are much more conscious about their appearance. They're much more conscious about how they present themselves, um, you know, in a public forum. So uh, you're exactly spot on when you say that when, when men go, you know, they'll hit a couple of balls, they'll go out there and if they play great, they're, you know, they're happy. And if they don't, well, okay, they'll grumble a little bit, but they'll have a, you know, a cold drink after on the 19th hole and, and uh, you know, on to the next one where women will, be swayed one way or the other. If they, if they don't feel comfortable or competent in what they're doing, they're more apt to stop or, you know, get out of a situation that they don't feel comfortable in. So again, you have to approach things very delicately, delicately in, in that particular case. And I don't mean to suggest that, you know, 
that we should treat women like a, a delicate flower. I don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is they have a different um, agenda, if you will. They want to go out there. They want to have fun just like everybody else, but they want to be able to present their best person, if you will, um, or their best them uh, in front of uh, whoever it is they're going to be, whether it's their coach or it's their fellow competitors. So I think we have to be mindful of that. Something else that was interesting, and I, and I want to, you know, obviously because we have limited time this morning, but I wanted to talk about purchasing power. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize this, and, and I'll tie it in why I say this uh, pertaining to golf. So as an example, women account for 93% of grocery purchases, 66% of personal computer, 80% of healthcare, and 65% auto purchasing power. That's a big number. Again, big numbers, should I say. Um, so what that says to me, uh, again, is how are we, as an industry, how are we marketing to women? And the, the answer really is we're not. It's still marketing. Oh, I don't believe to, that. I, I, well, well again, I think it depends so, on – go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. When you say marketing, um, the LPGA Tour, or the LPGA as a whole, they have different silos. The LPGA Tour, the LPGA Teaching Professional, the LPGA Foundation, the LPGA Amateurs, which used to be the EWGA, and the LPGA Women's Network. So needless to say, they get it. And when right. you see the no new doubt. ads about drive-on on the Golf Channel, mm-hmm. you can tell, you know, they're selling to women. Now, sure. PGA Tour events are not selling to women necessarily, but on one hand, there was a woman that was uh, director of, I don't know what her title was, the corporate sales at the PGA Tour, Donna Fedorowicz, who has since retired. And the PGA at Oak Hill, I was invited to go to this event. And on the PGA Tour, Donna Fedorowicz had women in golf events that sold corporate tents to businesses and entertained women all day. You know, yes, they are, but not as much as they should because the main people right. that are going to buy the sponsorships for a PGA Tour event are men. But that doesn't mean they're leaving us behind. Right, no doubt. And and, and I don't want to suggest that there is no marketing. And, and I, I agree and I applaud with what you just said. Um, the LPGA is doing a phenomenal job for sure, of targeting and, and reaching out to, to, you know, not only women who are currently in, but women who they want to attract to the game at, at whatever level it may be, whether it be at a professional level or even an amateur level. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think as a, as a whole, I think there is missed opportunities when it comes to, again, what I'm more talking about is purchasing power. Let me throw a few more stats out there just to give you an example. Um, in the last five years, as an example, for every man who quit playing golf, three women left the game. Ooh. And women represent less than, yeah, 
women represent less than a quarter of all golfers and account even smaller percentage of rounds played, less than 20%. So here's a couple of more stats. 19.3% of all golfers are female, so that's under that 20%. 16.6% of women um, represent, representing in the, in the whole picture of, of golf um, of, of rounds played. So of all the rounds that are played, only 16.6% are, and that's coming from the National Golf Foundation, so representative of women. So that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is even though going back to that earlier number, even though out of potentially 90 million, and it may be more, maybe closer to 100 now or maybe a little bit less, 42% that have an interest in playing golf are women, but yet only 16% actually uh, account for the rounds that are played and only 19% um, of actual golfers are female. So that tells to me that what that says to me is somewhere in the mix, we're not reaching that 42% as effectively as we could. And not only that, for every and, – and again, they're not getting specific as to the reasons why people are getting in or out. I mean, obviously, it, it could be an age factor. It could be one of the issues. It could be just you know, uh, moving on or, or what have you. But for every male that drops out of the game – three females drop out you have to understand and I don't have the answer I'm not offering the answer I'm just simply suggesting that number disturbs me a little bit that basically it's a three to one ratio of people leaving the game are female and yet as we've talked about before Cindy on the show the biggest percentage of women or of, of golfers coming into the game 33 to 35 percent again depending on what source you you come into um, are female golfers of all the new golfers coming in each season, 33 to 35% are female. So we have to ask ourselves why are based on a three to one ratio, why are they leaving the game? That's the question that we have to ask you. Um, what are your thoughts? What, I, and I, I'm not saying this is not meant to be as a criticism. I'm, I'm just trying to understand. And I want people to understand that we have to, really take a look and we're doing a lot of great efforts don't get me wrong but somewhere along the line i think there's there's something that's being missed here that um we could tap into even greater um to increase that that percentage of that 42 percent to come into the game what do you think well i think they have to be invited women probably Mm -hmm. won't go take lessons on their own especially if they're shy and quiet you know uh, I think that most, again, I created that learn to hit it kit because I was at mm-hmm. a corporate outing and there were a bunch of young women that were executives. And I said, you know, you really shouldn't go get a massage today. You've got me. I'm here to help you learn how to play golf. I know, I know. I just don't want to have <laughs> to hire a babysitter after work and have some male chauvinist pig look down my blouse giving me golf lessons. Why don't you teach me right. how to play golf in my own backyard? I go, okay, great, I will. So I created the course. But, again, it's painful. So I think they have to be invited by someone they like, they trust, they know, and then they have to go have a, a good experience. And, and so right. finding out where they can have this good experience, right, and then mm-hmm. 
and make it somewhat easy, you know, it's just difficult to be, you know, to make a tea time on a Sunday at 2 o'clock at a private club. You can't do that. You know, where do mm-hmm. I go? It's it's just, it's it's kind of like it's, we're all so busy. We just need to make it easier right. for them. That's, I'm just saying if we made it easier, then they might, you know, if we held out a hand and said, hey, come on, come with me, they might come, but we need to make it a little easier. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm going to kind of present a little exercise here, and this is mainly directed at facilities um, and, and hopes to helping them understand, again, this demographic. So um, if you imagine for a second that you're walking around your facility, so if you're you know, a club pro, if you're the general manager of a facility, um, you know, these are, are, are steps or questions that you need to ask yourself, uh, again, if we're targeting, um, uh, you know, as a general rule. So signage, directional signage, take a note of the style, messaging, and placement of your signage is an effective communication to all your customers in a way that they can understand. So, uh, again, the sign that you're putting out there, the, the image, if you will, the first impression, has to be something that no matter who sees it is going to understand and be able to you know, make an informed decision, whatever it is, whether it's promotional or whether it's just about the facility as well. Customer greeting. This is something I've heard um, from a number of women over over the years. And again, this is not, I want to preface this discussion as I don't want to come across as, you know, slamming or trashing the industry. I'm just simply trying to show where maybe ways that we can improve as an industry to capitalize on those numbers that we talked about. So customer greeting, for describe the way your staff greets customers, note their body language and demeanor, note the reactions to other customers. I've heard many women over the years say that they feel very uncomfortable or even intimidated walking into a pro shop because they just don't feel that the the atmosphere, and that's not in every case, that's certainly not, a, I'm not making a blanket statement. Um, golf shop, what do you think about the overall look of merchandise in the golf shop? Any specific thoughts and placement of goods and staff's interaction again with customers? So, how you dress up your golf shop, is it all sort of leaning to um, more of a male uh, theme, if you will, or is it sort of a balanced, uh, or is it more female even? You know, so we have to ask that. Same thing with, with food service. Many, many people now are becoming more healthy and, uh, and conscious of what they're, what they're putting in their mouth. So is there a good, healthy mix of food? That's something that's important, particularly to women, because they are more health conscious, I think, as a whole than most men are. Um, you know, so imagery... Uh, cleanliness is another one with the facility. These are things that I think that, and and maybe you might disagree, um, and I'm not saying, again, it's a, across the board, but these are some of the things that I know from speaking to some that women look at. They look at the facility, they look at how it's positioned, how how welcoming, how inviting it is, and could this be part of the reason that some of them are getting out? Is it through frustration of, of playing the game? Is it just not feeling comfortable? Uh, or is it the atmosphere that's being created? Are we not creating an atmosphere that is as welcoming, or at least is perceived to be not as welcoming for women in some cases? That's a question I think that needs to be answered and or asked, and I think has to be answered honestly by many of the facilities and even uh, organizations within golf. Um, your thoughts? Well, I believe that the signage and everything you mentioned 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true no matter where you go. And, and I don't right. care whether you're a male or a female. I I, I played uh, Sunday morning with uh, Chelsea. She's been on the show before. She's trying to play on the tour at 1030. And we were making the turn. I said, I think we're the only women out here. And she said, I think you're right. <laughs> and it was Sunday at 1030. <laughs> you know, and there was right. a time when I was growing up, the women couldn't play till afternoon. And then they finally changed it to where, you know, it depended on your handicap because, you know, I could beat most of the men that were on the course in the morning. And so <laughs> that being said, but that that's being an outlier. And when you pull into the club, again, this was a private club, so you should know where to go. But if you are a guest, you you won't know where to go. And it's awkward and you don't want to look stupid. So I think all clubs could say, you know, welcome to, you know, Great Golf Course Country Club. We're so glad you're here. Go here first. Go here first. You know, again, I think it's how you welcome anyone. Mm -hmm. And then I think, um, so the head pro at this country club came up to me and said, you know, I need Alan's cell phone. I want my son to take lessons from your husband. And I thought, well, you're the right. pro here. That's weird. <laughs> but, but anyway, and this guy is the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> and he had emailed me last year about coming out and doing a clinic for his women. And it never happened. And I said to him the other day, I said, let me do a whole day golf school. I don't want to just come do an hour lesson. That's not going to help anybody. Let's make it special just for your women. Let's do a personality assessment. Let's have breakfast. Let's talk. Let's chip. Let's putt. Let's hit balls. And let's go play nine hole. Oh, well, then that would show your women that you care. So if there's any male professionals here at a club that doesn't, you know, and you don't have a female golf professional reach out to me and I will definitely come over to your club and do that for you because I think you need to show them that you care and be welcoming because then they're going to say, oh, this guy cares about us and start being threatened to bring in another professional. You know, if you don't have a woman Mm -hmm. teacher, now if you have a woman teacher, you should have her do this. Um, right. But again, it's it's welcoming. It's feeling nurtured. It's like you care about me. I'm your customer, and yeah, that's what needs to happen because it's painful. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is. And and I just want to mention a couple of other things here um, as we get ready to to wind down. Um, and, and also, I want to make a note. Let me just say one other thing. Um, as I was going through you know, in preparation for this morning, this particular uh, pamphlet, um, the majority of input were by women. This was not, you know, a, a male slant. I mean, there were certainly um, some males, I'm sure, that were, were questioned and talked about um, for their for their take on it. But a majority of the information that was inputted in here was actually by females. So um, this, this is coming, you know, straight from from their perspective. But here, here's here's two areas that I found very, very interesting. Um, first was women's values, and this is as it pertains to what they're looking for. Um, time is one. Obviously, we know, and you mentioned this earlier, time, these are values and barriers. 
Um, the values are time because they value their time. Um, they value friendship uh, is, is very uh, high on the priority list. Learning and education, they're looking, they want to learn something new. Um, so they're eager to try something new uh, if it's appealing. And as we mentioned earlier with the stats, 42% of the 90 million golfers, uh, potential golfers here um, who have an interest are female. So there's definitely an interest in learning uh, and educating themselves about the game. Uh, invitation, um, what you touched on just a moment ago, they want to be invited. Um, just assume, don't assume just because maybe they don't have a set of clubs at their house that they're not interested. So find a way to invite them. And obviously, and, and this is not, again, this is coming from, from many women, but women do enjoy um, the shopping experience. That's, I mean, the, the stats don't lie. But what's interesting, equally interesting, is the barriers to golf line up with each and every one of the values. Uh, number one, again, was time. Um, this is a barrier. As you pointed out, they're, they're doing so many different things, and so their time is a premium. Um, social interaction is also a barrier. Um, you know, when you've got one woman that's coming to a club, if she's not coming with a, a group of friends, um, you know, that's, she's looking for social interaction, but if she's not a very good uh, or accomplished player, I mean, you're, you're in a different boat, Cindy, because you are an accomplished player. So you could probably jump in with a, with three guys very easily and be very comfortable doing it. But there are some women that would not maybe like that. Um, so there's, there's that social interaction thing that, that sometimes can lack. Um, intimidation. Uh, um, you know, I touched on that as well. Some women feel very intimidated. They pull up to a club, but they don't know what to do. They haven't been, um, you know, taught some of the ins and outs of, of how to, uh, where to look for things or who to ask. So they're very intimidated. Um, one other area as well is an unwelcome environment. And, and that's just a fact. There are some, and again, it's not a blanket rule. I'm not suggesting that. But again, there sometimes it's an unwelcoming environment when they walk into a facility or, um, you know, in that environment. I know people in the corporate world who did not play golf and Monday morning they'd come into the office and, you know, there'd be a group of guys talking about their weekend, you know, uh, muni or what have you that they were playing on and having a good time. They don't feel welcomed because they don't know much about it. Uh, and lack of merchandise, a lot of pro shops you go in, not all of them, but a lot of facilities you go in, again, it's a, sort of a male dominant or male slant uh, in the merchandise. So they need to be more conscious that a lot of women enjoy, you know, looking good out in the golf course. So we need to offer that for them. And I know there are some around uh, the country that it goes the other way, no doubt about it, but there's a lot that still don't. Um, what's your take on, on some of the things I just mentioned? What do you think? Do you agree with a lot of it or some of it or, or none of it or what? Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. The catch, though, is I've been on both sides. So I've owned the pro shop, and right. the women are fussy, right, and and don't ever oh. buy pants and have them sitting on a rack because, you know, I would just do, if I was owned a pro shop, I would do a few things and make them, you know, know that anything could be custom ordered because you're going to be sitting on inventory because women are very, very fussy. I would also have... Uh, a group of women be on a committee to help me decide what to purchase for the pro shop mm. just so that there's input from members if you're at a private club. Right, right, exactly. And I think that you, you, you know, you have to, it's all about diversity. And, I, and again, I, I understand, you know, that 
for many, many decades, you know, golf was a male-dominated sport. Um, but that has changed. There's no doubt about it. And it's continuing to change um, for the better. But I still think there's some, some little hurdles that we need to go. It, it's just a matter of tying up the loose ends. I think there's some loose ends still out there that we need to work on. And it, it's not, a, again, it's not a, a bad thing necessarily. It's just, I think, being more conscious. And I, I think people need to understand that um, women are big influencers in golf. Um, you know, just to give you an example, not just you know, according to the EW. <laughs> Oh no no I, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, we need the boss. I'm sorry, that's study. a different. That's yeah, that's right. That's the that's a different uh, that's a different podcast. Sorry, this is just the women of golf. We'll have to have that one. Uh, but just a couple of other quick things that I want to end end of this discussion on, and then we'll bring on our, our special guest. You know, of course, you mentioned the EWGA earlier. Um, they were the source for this information. But new female golfers play on an average eight to twenty five rounds a year which converts, again, depending on, it could vary depending on what, what geographically where they are, but uh, that adds up to about $2,500 plus dollars a year just from one golfer. That's from a new female golfer. Current female golfers, golfers that have played you know, uh, for a little bit more than you know, maybe a couple of years, um, up that game a little bit, and they're playing um, on average 25-plus rounds a year, which turns to just a little under 5000 so double that again. So there's definitely some purchasing power and that's just the rounds. That's not talking about what they potentially can spend, uh, you know, in the pro shop or, um, you know, in the restaurant or even, you know, the bar or what have you. So that's just purely for rounds. So that's a, you know, you have to look at, um, how you want to target your market in a, in a golf facility. Um, because women, like you said, they, they bring a lot of, uh, purchasing power, to a facility, and um, I, I think that they would be more inclined, as you said, if you had more women um, inputting into what goes on in the golf course. You know, seek out some of your your female members, and and by all means, I think have them on a committee or have them on a, you know, on a board or what have you, and say, look, you know, we need to do things that are going to be more attractive to our female uh, guests and and uh, and members, and you know, what can we do? What changes can we make? Because you'd be surprised. Um, how easy that transition would be. Um, it's just a matter of asking. So um, <clears throat> women definitely have a, a major influence in golf and it's continuing to grow and we're excited about that. And that's why we're here on the Women of Golf. And speaking of uh, influencers, we're going to talk with our very special guest, uh, Tara Nelson. Uh, she is a leading messaging expert and business strategist. And uh, she basically shows entrepreneurs how to brand themselves, capturing their story and building a uh, profitable business. Uh, she traded uh, Fortune 500 clients such as Adobe and Amazon in favor of working with small business owners as her heart lies in inspiring female entrepreneurs to reach their full potential. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Tara Nels. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? Good. I'm very good. The sun is shining. It's a good day. Yes, thank goodness. Are you opening up there? Yes, we are officially on green as of Friday, so. Thank God. I know. I haven't <laughs> been out much, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to the last segment. Yeah, I was Did listening you? to the, the Pivot second half there. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. 
tell country clubs what they could do to be more welcoming to women. Do you have any ideas? I think country clubs, from from the golf aspect, is that what you're thinking? Yes. I think featuring featuring pictures of them, clothing of like outfits out there, um, even having like talks with women that would come in and and not just to other women. I think that's a big a big thing. Like if you look at like the speaking circuit, there's always like the token woman. And it's usually led by men. But when do you see lots of women speakers? At a woman's summit. It's not at a, mm-hmm. at a man's summit. So yeah, bringing in point. women to speak to men as well, because that's, not, that, that's saying this isn't just someone that you can learn from for other women. It's saying everyone can learn from her. And it kind of levels that um, perception and gives them authority. Great idea. Great idea. Thanks. So tell us exactly what you do. Like, what would you do for someone like me or Ted or our listeners are a lot of LPGA and PGA professionals who, who teach golf for a living. What Mm -hmm. could you, what would you do to help someone brand themselves? So, so the number one thing that I would recommend doing is to get a brand. And a lot of people feel that when, you, when you'll say, you know, you need a brand. Oh, I have one. I just, I just got this really cool new logo. Your brand isn't your colors or your logo. Your brand is who you are and the message that you're communicating to people and how you make them feel when you're with them. So the experience they have when they're with you. So, defining what that is and getting really clear on what you're doing that's different than everyone else. Like in this day and age, there's every market is saturated. Like how many golf pros are there in your, in your town? How many people could you go take golf lessons from? That's a question. Lots. Um, there's uh, maybe that the do what I do. Maybe five. Okay. But there's golf clubs and pros. Right. So if you're at a golf club, you could just go to their pro. What's going to make them not use just their pro? Or even those five people, like competing against them, what's going to make someone hire you over them? So you need to understand what your your unique gift is that you have to offer. And it can be part of your personality, your skill. You need to d- figure out that thing that's going to separate you so that when someone is – and then communicate that so that when someone is looking for a golf pro or learning to ta- wanting to take lessons to learn golf, what's going to make you stand out in their mind? And that's the brand. That's your brand. Yep, yep. So let's just say uh, it's word of mouth. Let's just say mm-hmm. longevity, you know, people, oh, my God, 
Cindy Miller can really help you or Ted Odorico can really help you. They're great. What, how would you communicate that? So there's, there's three things that I recommend doing. The first is getting focus. And that's not spreading yourself thin across all different efforts trying to, trying to, you know, do everything. So trying to go on social media, trying to um, visit places, talk, host this. You can spread yourself really thin, but instead you want to focus just on the type of person that you want. And then gathering and leveraging testimonials is huge. So if someone says, Cindy Miller is an awesome golf coach, you should check her out, where are they going to go? Probably to your website. Is that, is that right, Cindy? Yeah. So when they come to your website, they need to see a good picture that represents you as you are now. They need to see words that give them a feel for who you are. And again, coming back to that, what makes you different? So you don't want to look like every other golf pro out there. You want to authentically mm-hmm. differentiate yourself. Because a lot of people, when you say, you know, Cindy, you should brand yourself. You'll hang up from the, you know, and be, okay. So you'll go online. Other, you know, pro golfers, what is everybody else doing? That's exactly what you don't want to do because then you look Mm -hmm. just like everyone else. Instead, you want to, you want to focus in on those things. Like maybe you're um, no nonsense. You're going to take them out there. You're going to make them work. (laughs) Or maybe you're the type of person that's going to cobble them along. You know, does that ring a bell? There's my friend Tara. (laughs) (laughs) But when you see that, if I come to your site, what were you going to say? Go I was going to say, you know her well, Tara. I was going to say, Tara, you know Cindy real well. <laughs> there, there is it's no what I love about coddling. Her. I don't even, I, I don't even think coddling is in her vocabulary. Um, oh, no, she definitely it. tell it like it is. No, she, I, she, no, she's great. But no, Tara, you, you're exactly right. I think it's important, um, you know, as professionals in, in how you brand. And and I agree 100% with what you just said is the last thing that you want to do is to, to go online and see how everybody else is doing it. And one of the, the things that you also have to be careful of, and, and you can maybe touch on this as well, is that you don't want to, be, you don't want to brand yourself as, as, and sort of pigeonhole yourself into an area and then try to change later. So, for instance, you know, Cindy mm-hmm. brings a lot of experience. She's got a lot of knowledge in certain areas and has a way of, uh, again, that no-nonsense approach. If that's how you mm-hmm. see yourself, is that how you brand yourself, then you have to be consistent because you don't want to one day, mm-hmm. you know, brand yourself this way and then the next day you're coming across differently because then it adds confusion. Would that be pretty accurate? Yes, and that, that's why I recommend being authentic. So whatever mm-hmm. you put, you don't want to brand yourself as the golf pro you think people want. You want to right. brand yourself as the golf pro that you are. And when they, mm-hmm. like, come to that website, they see that no-nonsense, they see her picture, you've got testimonials, which are huge, especially video testimonials from other people mm-hmm. who have taken her classes and they see how they are, they're reinforcing it, that's building the trust. Now they know what they're going to get when they come to her. 
and if I'm someone who wants to be coddled, I'm not going to go to Cindy. And that might sound like, oh, man, you're turning people away. But does Cindy want to work with me if I'm going to cry? No, I don't. Thank you. Right. That's not worth it. (laughs) But if I'm like, you know what, I don't want the person who they're just being too nice. They're not they're afraid to offend me. I don't want that golf pro. I want Cindy. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's repelling or attracting. But also when you've got that authentic brand, no matter what you do, you can pivot where your focus is, but those people that, I always say love, I'm, I'm a, a heart person, those people who love you for who you are are going to pivot and do whatever else it is that you're doing because it's you they're attracted to, not just whatever it is that you're you know, marketing at that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. You, know, you know, one of the things, Tara, I think that, a lot of people make the mistake is not just what what you just spoke about, but um, they they don't know how to define themselves. They don't know how you yes. know they have to sort of look at themselves. They you know they, they they made a very broad stroke and say you know I'm I'm a golf professional. I'm this certified, that certified, and so on and so forth. Well, so are a hundred thousand other people out there. Yeah. Um, but again, you have to define, you have to understand what your uniqueness is. And, and the thing yeah. is, you also have to be willing to understand that if there's a pool of, and again, I don't know if you heard this part, but if there's a pool of, of 90 million people in the country that are interested in learning to play golf or taking up golf or being involved in golf, um, that doesn't mean that all 90 million are going to be receptive to what message you're putting out there. So, you know, right. everybody's uniquely different. Everybody plays differently. Everybody has different ways of interacting. And you're right. It's you have to be yourself. And when you're yourself, you're going to mm-hmm. attract a certain element. And there's going to be some that are going to be repelled. And I don't, you know, I, I don't want to work somebody. I want somebody that's going to hold my hand, you know, around the golf course. I don't want somebody who's going to tell me that, hey, that didn't that didn't sit well or that kind of stunk. So you have to understand mm-hmm. that and be willing to accept that you're not going to be you're not going to be everything to everybody is basically what I'm saying. Is that pretty much the message yep. yes yes and when we, you touched on something that that was a sore spot for me for a long time and that was that you have all these certifications you've done all these amazing things but so has everyone else what, right. one of the things that i i believed when i my very first business i was a uh, was a photography business and i had a, a four-year degree i was really good i'd won all these awards i was amazing at what i did and i felt that because I was good, my work would speak for itself. And what I found mm-hmm. to be true is that I had to be the best spokesperson for my work. And so do, right. so do your listeners because you, your work doesn't speak for itself. Those certifications, as much as they mean something to us, they don't mean that mm-hmm. to everyone else because it's you know a dime a dozen when you're starting to just look at all the different golf pros that you might work with. So instead, that's where that comes in, where you have to have your brand, what you're offering, what you're doing differently, and standing out against all of them. So everybody's got that. What do you have that they don't have? Nobody has your story. Nobody has why you're playing golf. Nobody has the same why you're teaching people or what your goal for them is. All of those things are what's going to set you apart from those, you know, hundreds of thousands of other golf pros. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. 
So what do you do, Tara, in a, in a case where your work, um, you know, as you mentioned, isn't speaking for itself? How do you, what are some of the mm-hmm. steps? So obviously the first thing you want to identify who your authentic self is and you want to project that image. But what are some mm-hmm. of the steps? What, where do we go? What do we do from, from that? Once we understand who we are and, and how we're going to present ourselves, then what's the steps that follow from that point? So when I work with clients, I go through a methodology that I call unseen to irresistible, and it's three steps, focus, capture, and develop. So that first step we've discussed about just focus, focusing on what you said, who you are, what you do, why you do it. But the next step Mm -hmm. is capturing that. You want to be able to now, now that you know what that is, to communicate that in a way that other people realize it. So visuals that you have posted on your social media on your website have to be in in alignment with that focus the words that you tell the copy that you're using the stories and you need to consistently put that out there so when you're always coming back to what that focus is when all of your pictures represent that when all of your words all of your posts online all have like that golden thread of your brand through it over time, that builds a longer story so that people can consistently see that. And then the last step is developing, and that's where you want to develop trust. So that comes from mm-hmm. showing up consistently, getting those testimonials, um, having your finger on the pulse of who your, who your ideal client is and what they want and forming that relationship with them. Because the, one of the big mistakes that people make when you hear, you know, make a brand or build a personal brand is that when it really comes down to it, no one cares about your personal brand. You know, no one cares mm-hmm. that, you know, you like succulents or you drink coffee every morning or, you know, you wear pink pants. What they really care is what you can do for them. So all of that brand right. has to both represent you, but really the underlying theme there is who that client is and what you're offering them from that unique perspective. Very interesting. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think one of the mistakes, um, and not just in golf, but in, in everything is that sometimes we fall into the trap of putting everybody uh, and I'm referring to clients in the same box. In other words, we assume mm-hmm. that they all want the same thing. And I think that's one of the dangers that we fall into is we assume that everybody can be taught the same way on, on the lesson tee uh, or out on the golf course. And that's just not the case. And I think, you know, as an industry where we've been finding that out over the last you know decade or so that everybody is unique and different and we have to have different approaches and what, what might work for you, let's say Tara may not work for somebody else. And you have to be conscious mm-hmm. of that and, and pay attention to that. So um, some great points. Thank you for that. Um, Cindy, go ahead. You're welcome. So when you say focus, mm-hmm. do you mean how you communicate? So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you mean by focus. So let's say, um, you know, social media, how are you going to build your business or focus on exactly what it is you want to repel or attract? It's focusing. Tell me more about focus. So if you think about a camera, when you bring a picture into focus, 
it gets sharp and really clear. And that's what you're trying to do with your business and who you are as a golf pro. You want to be really clear as to what type of client you want to work with, what it is that you do different than other people. Um, Ted was saying different people learn different ways. Maybe you want to specialize in a certain type of training. So I might know that I, I like kind of what we had said before, that both the personality but also the methodology that you have. Maybe you want to be the person that trains that certain way. So that's the focus that you want to have. You want to know exactly who you are, what you're doing, who you want to attract, and why they would work for you. Does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. In other words, it's it's deciding who you are, really. Mm -hmm. Yep. Who are you? What do you stand for? What do you value? Who's your perfect client? Who do you not want to work with? Who do you want to work with? And what do you want to and what do you want to help them most with? Yes, and owning that. When you have that, it gives you confidence because you're not chasing after everybody that wants to learn. You know who you're going after, and you don't feel um, like I, I'm not good enough. I don't. I don't know if I can do this. Am I really good at this or not? I'm not getting as many as inquiries as I thought. Instead, you can own your skill set. And when you're confident in that, when you talk to people, your prospects, when you're talking to your clients out on the, um, on the course, there's confidence there. And people sense that, and that's going to build that trust. And the discernment, you know, whether or not this is right or wrong. I, I got to tell you that this exactly. lockdown has, almost, has been a total blessing and, and now that you say all this, it's like, wow, when I started out, we were, you know, Alan and I played on tour, he quit playing, and we're like, oh, well, let's go teach golf in Buffalo and start every year at zero and be self-employed. And mm-hmm. at that point, you know, you take anybody. And now, right. you know, it's like, uh, I'm tired. And if you're going to whine, again, we, we have a mutual friend Ted, named <laughs> Pat Quinn who teaches people how to um, communicate what they do. and and I help people that want to get better get better. If you want to whine about uh-huh. why you're not better, don't. I'm not your coach. If you really want uh-huh. to get better, I can help you. So I don't care uh-huh. how old you are, what you do for a living, how much money you have, how good you are, how bad you are. If you really want to get better, I can help. And so it's like, uh-huh. wow, that is such freedom. That's your focus. And you're the person yeah. that can do it. Because when they well, want to totally get better, fit. that's inspiring yeah. to you. Yes, yes. So that's such a blessing. So awesome. now you then need cap- to. Yep. Now you need to capture that. You need to have your pictures represent that. You need to have the copy on your website, on your on the post that you're posting on social media. All of those things need to point back to that. Got it. Got it. Whereas other people are more scientific, you know, like when I do coaching, I, I'm a certified behavior analyst, so I do disc assessments. And, and it, a D is driven control freak, an I is influencing people person, an S is steady, and a C is conscientious analytical. Why are we both laughing at me? 
but it doesn't. So when I teach a high S person, I have to adapt my behavior and talk more quietly. <laughs> right. So I don't scare them, right? But it mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't help them, but I have to be aware of who I'm. Again, it's not about me. It's about them. You've got to help right. them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But if well, I think it also the type of people that. Oh, go ahead, Ted. Sorry. Mm. No, 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 no. Please finish your thought, then I'll I'll interject. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say if those if those S people aren't the people that you want to work with because you're not you don't enjoy having to lower your, lower your voice or change the way you're teaching, having content and wording and capturing that you know, the more dominant driven side of you is going to repel those people. So they'll go with someone else who maybe does talk really soft and is a better match for them. So you don't have to change what you're doing. (laughs) Well, there you go. Right. And I don't mind. I don't, I don't care what your behavior style is. I will adapt because that's my job. I just want people that really want to get better and I will. Mm -hmm. And that's what excites you. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Because Ted, you're a good coach. That's why you're adapting, yeah. Well, you have yeah, to. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, right. And all I was going to say is, yeah, you, you have to – you hit it right on the head, uh, Tara, is you have to define this, the types of students that you want to work with, and it's not a matter of demographics or, or anything of that nature. What it is is essentially um, we all have different personalities, and some personality styles uh, and types are going to clash with one another. And Cindy, you've raised mm-hmm. this issue many, many times in the past. You know, you want students to seek you out. You want them to look at your mm-hmm. information, what you bring to the table, to decide whether or not you're going to be a good fit for them. You know, when you go out to a store, you know, you don't just grab the first thing off the rack and say, well, okay, is this my size? Great. I'm going to walk out. You try it on. You, you look at it. You find out if it's going to be a good fit for you, not just physically fit, but is it, does it suit you the style that you want to project? And it's the same thing with a coach. You want to work or teach a professional. You want to work with somebody that best represents your personality as well. Is it somebody you can communicate good with? Is it somebody that mm-hmm. you know understands and more importantly listens to your mm-hmm. concerns? And you know um, because that's one thing too that that has been a big issue. And that's not just in golf; it's in everything. Is again, people try to put everybody in that same box. So what they do is, when this new student comes in or what have you, they try to teach them to their methodology, which may not be suitable for that particular student. So you really have to understand mm-hmm. what does the student want. And Cindy, the best question you always ask is why? Why are you there? You know, why do you want to play golf? And I think once you understand that, then it makes it easier to accommodate. But uh, you know, for me as an example, I, I don't I don't teach juniors. That's just not my my forte. Um, could I do it? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could, but it's just not an area that I'm as comfortable teaching as you know corporate types. So I've found my niche, if you will, and that's what I focus on. Um, so I'm not everything to everybody, but the people that I do work with know they're going to get the best out of me. So mm-hmm. like you said very mm-hmm. early on, uh, Tara, in the, in the conversation is sometimes we spread ourselves too thin and right. trying to do trying everything, to do everything for everybody. 
Right. Yeah. And that's a mistake. And I think that's where a lot of people fall into that trap. Um, is that, is that accurate? You think? Yes. And when you start to have the realization of, I don't want to be everything to everybody and I want to brand myself, it's very hard to see what your own, you know, I call your innate intelligence is what, what is it that you're doing different? It, it, it's like you, it's written on a card that's stuck to your forehead and everybody else can see it, but you can't. <laughs> you know, right. it, you oh know God, that's awesome. to need other people. <laughs> you know, you need other people to read that for you. So what you right. need to do is find those, those clients that you've had that you loved working with that had great results from you and ask them, what, why did you hire me? What did you enjoy? Why did it work? You know what? Not just oh, I have to nice tell you this. Yeah, okay. I have to tell you this. So, I again, I've been working with Pete and Pat for three years, right? And it's like mm-hmm. I'm driving myself crazy because there isn't anybody that tries harder than me, right? And so right. I – Except I, me. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we could have a little contest. So, so that being said – there's a couple from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that I played the, with a wife in a pro-am uh, a long time ago. Right after I was on the big break, they thought I was a television golf celebrity. They didn't know I was just Cindy from Silver Creek. And we won this pro-am, and the wife won $750 worth of stuff, and I got like a, a handshake. And so, long story short, they come to boot camp every year. Well, the wife is a high eye, and I keep saying she doesn't really care about getting better and the husband is such a C I mean such a high C analytical everything's written out he takes forever to play Uh he you know he stands over the ball for 20 minutes and then he misses it and and so after I've known him long enough now this is like 15 years and I finally like Denny hit the ball right (laughs) and so I said to them why do you keep coming do you just want to hang out with Alan and I and he says, you know why? Because I know you really want to help me, and you give me the truth, mm-hmm. and you're not doing it for the money. I go, there you go. That's beautiful. That's it. Yeah. 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 So uh, even if I beat him up. Was him saying that. There, there's your testimonial. That's, yeah. So that's exactly, that's- I, Yeah. I'm sorry, we all keep interrupting each other. We're all excited about this. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, it's a very interesting and we topic. Go. You know, Tara, yeah, we gotta go. That's the sad part. We gotta go. Tara, we're gonna have you back for sure because I think there's a lot more that we can we can touch on and I and I think a lot of our listeners, uh, as Cindy mentioned, you know, are not only just the general public but also many in our profession who could fer- certainly learn from from what it is that you're you're presenting here this morning. So we appreciate you coming on. Very quickly, if folks want to reach okay. out to you, I know you also uh, do photography as well, so you're welcome to plug that a little bit if you'd like. But uh, where's the best way okay. if people want to reach out to you and contact you uh, and maybe continue this discussion in a more private setting? What's the best way to do that? Sure. They can reach me um, on my website at unseentoirresistible.com. And I actually put together a little gift for your listeners. It's when I work with clients, we create what we call a brand blueprint. And I have a mini brand blueprint that takes them through one step of each of the focus, capture, and develop process that they can download today and start putting 
to work to uh, build their own brand. And that's at unseentoirresistible.com backslash women of golf. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, very much. We like that very, very much. I'm so glad you did this. Me too. It's wonderful. I get all excited listening to to different (laughs) industries and, you know, your challenges and, and your wins. I'm really happy for, for you, Cindy, and, and how far you've come and, and hearing what you said in that mm-hmm. testimonial. It just gives me goosebumps. It's wonderful. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, Tara, thank you very much for, for joining Cindy and I this morning, and we will definitely have you back and continue this conversation. But um, stay safe, get out there, and, and uh, have fun. Enjoy the day. Thanks. You too, Ted. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that was our very special guest this morning, Tara Nelson. We're running out of time, uh, messaging expert and business strategist. We will definitely have her, Cindy, back on the show uh, on a future date. But uh, on that note, we've got to go. We're running over time. So thank you, everybody. On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Talk soon, Cindy. Bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.